Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So, if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Nolan Clemens, CEO of Clemens.io, a growth marketing agency for B2B companies. Nolan is a growth marketer, games entrepreneur, and blogger. He assists gaming, technology, and other businesses on digital marketing. His bread and butter lies in creating outbound sales campaigns from scratch in addition to training inside sales teams in order to drive organic growth. Nolan is also the founder of a marketing consultancy geared towards helping clients grow through cost-effective digital and social media strategies. His works have been published on Forbes.com, Gama Sutra, and Virtual Reality Pop. He has previously spoken at conferences like Dallas Startup Week and Power Up Digital Games Conference, as well as presenting to local meetup groups, including Dallas App Developers and Dallas Society of Play. Nolan is an official member of the 2018 Forbes Dallas Business Council. Nolan, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome. Can you uh, kind of walk us through your background? How did you get into entrepreneurship and lead generation and uh, sales development? actually interesting because I was working on a gaming startup and my goal was to get in touch with game developers. And that's actually led me to, because I always had an interest in startups in general. And I was on AngelList when it first came out a few years ago. And I found a tool called Sales Beach. And they're basically having, or maybe they followed me or maybe there's some interaction, but they're looking for beta testers for their tool. and, And so you got to use it for free. And so I did that. And, you know, I ended up getting, I already had a list of companies that I wanted to target. And so I loaded that up in their software. It was the first successful marketing campaign I really ever ran. And their their main, so you come up with a message template, like any cold email tool, and this is probably the prototypical one. Then after two or three days, if they don't reply, it would send a follow-up message. And that at the time was key because I didn't know you could automate that or how to do it. So once I found that, that that's like uh, creating fire for the first time. <laughs> right. so, so I got some replies off of that, and they were using like some weird uh, domain extension for some uh, some island in the Caribbean that had a volcano erupted. So no one really uses that, just so the domain wouldn't get blacklisted. And of course, now I just use a send directly from the domain and just be careful and try to be relevant from that. So 
I got into that, and then the startup I was working on kind of shifted in, into something else. So as you mentioned, so I started doing that for other clients, um, mastering outbound, and I ran into probably one of my first clients doing that. He was a sales guy. He had worked at IBM and, and is a basically for enterprise technology company, basically a better way to for data storage. So some people have on-premises hardware, and this would allow them to basically have a cloud, except it'd be on-premises for security reasons, I suppose. But he knew sales and stuff. He wasn't familiar with all the possibilities of automation. And that led me to creating a framework called that I call the sales stack. And at the time, it was, you had Clearbit at the top. He also had a tool is called ProLeads, which they changed their name to Hexa.ai, and now it's part of Outbound Works. And then for the messaging, we used SendBloom, and for the CRM, uh, we used Close.io, which is my favorite CRM, but for each one of those, I've learned to be vendor neutral so I can, because some clients, they already have a CRM or this tool or, or whatever it is. So I try to be flexible and learn as many as possible because they are, a lot of them are similar uh, and, and things like that. And so instead of focusing on te- technologies, I focus on the layers and at the top. And since me learning, mastering outbound, I've learned inbound and content marketing as well so that I can be full stack myself, a full stack growth marketer. And at the top, you have analytics and sales intelligence. And there's a couple of good tools you can use. One is the LinkedIn Insights tag. And sometimes I'll tell you which companies are browsing your website. Another tool that does something similar is Lead Feeder. And that does that based off the Google Analytics data. It's able to match some IP addresses to some companies. And when it works, it's amazing because you can tell, hey, this company viewed my post on this and they came from Google or they came from Facebook, wherever they came from. So that's very useful. And then you move down into prospecting and research. And there's there's a lot of ways. LinkedIn's great. And then actually getting the contact info. I've used I've used Clearbit. I've used Zoom Info. Zoom Info is great for getting phone numbers, by the way. And that's kind of, I used to do my own data entry when I was starting off. Now I since delegate that and, or, or use a different provider for it. But part of that is, is I'd pick up the phone and call people. And sometimes it worked. And that's probably one of the least utilized tactics is because people are scared of cold calling. And one thing you do is you can actually warm up your audience by uploading, once you have their contact info, you can upload that as a custom audience into Facebook ads or Quora or whatever it is. And you can send, you know, kind of send brand awareness messaging to them. So it's somewhat familiar prior to getting the first email. Yeah, I want to touch on that for sure, but I just want to unpack everything because there was a lot of value in that but i just want to unpack that step by step that we went through and then talk about brand awareness and kind of warming up that cold call so you were on angel list and came across a startup called sales beach and they were offering beta tests or they were looking for beta testers for their email automation their cold email outreach tool and you went ahead and signed up for that started using it and that basically made your results much better with cold outreach because of automated follow-up. You were able to kind of hit targets more than once. And anyone who's done cold outreach with a large number of prospects knows that kind of once you get past the first few days of sending out your initial emails and following up with people, it takes a long, it can take a long time and get pretty 
because you're going to be a lot of heavy lifting with that. So once you did that, you said you, you got in touch with a partner who was in sales or you, you formed a partnership with someone who was in sales. And then what did you say you all were, uh, you all were selling or what the business was? The name of the startup was Cloudflow for that one. And then so some of my clients are, are on my website. That one's not uh, trading anymore, unfortunately. But yeah, that was basically tag teaming with him because all I had to do was manage the the outreach and the initial response. And then, and that's what I do now is the client, once the uh, prospect replies, it's uh, handed off to the client and make sure they have some way of, uh, of scheduling the appointment or whatever the process is. Right. And kind of once you started doing that, that's when you kind of built out this sales stack. And for anyone listening, it's kind of tough to comprehend if you're not looking at the actual stack visually. And I'll include that in the show notes because it's a very impressive kind of blueprint we have here. And and pretty much it's at the top, we're starting with analytics and sales intelligence using tools like Google Analytics, the LinkedIn Insight Tag, and Facebook Pixel to track the prospects that are coming to the website. Um, They've gotten an email message from Nolan and they've come to, they haven't replied yet, but they've come to the website to click through and check it out. You know, somebody emails, you don't know who they are. You go to their website just to check them out. And so there's tools like uh, Lead Feeder that kind of connect the IP addresses and to the IP addresses to kind of who's visiting the website. Is that right? Yes. Perfect. And then kind of with that information, you're able to modify or kind of augment your messaging and outreach. That's where we kind of um, stopped at because you were getting some really interesting stuff about using content and warming up prospects for the cold call. So how does that process work? How do you determine when you're setting up a campaign, how you're going to warm up prospects with content? I assume you're using some sort of a advertising, right? Facebook ads, you mentioned, possibly LinkedIn ads. Can you kind of walk us through that process in detail? Yeah. So, in, and I also say if it, it's kind of a, it can be a continuous loop because even on, if you're looking at that graphic, I have arrows going both ways to just the inbound, just the inbound can be its own stack in some ways. So if that sounds confusing, it, it can be at, at times, but um, yeah. So once you've figured out what's your ideal customer profile, your ICP as it's known as is, and you have a list of target accounts and their contact data, mainly their email address, that's probably the most important. Then upload that as a custom audience or a matched list, as it's called on LinkedIn, onto these very various social media platforms, and you can run targeted ads just at that. And it's usually pretty accurate. I mean, you may have their corporate email or their work email, and they may have signed up to Facebook with their personal email, but they, that might also be what they signed up with LinkedIn as. So if you're connecting with them on LinkedIn, and that's kind of, some of these are in parallel, some of these are sequential. And so it really just depends on the, on the product and for what, how, how, what the order of operations is. But the main benefit of, so someone may be trying to warm them up for a cold email, but they may go to your website and they may go through the inbound funnel or the marketing funnel and be nurtured with content through that, at which point, however that looks like, it's hard to say, but at some point they'll become a marketing qualified lead 
and they can go into their own messaging sequence as opposed to the rest of the prospects who would just be sales qualified. And, you know, they may have different templates and it all needs to be logged into CRM and setting, probably my biggest advice is to make sure that's set up because even, so, so even my graphic, you know, I have a square for each process. Alex, Alex Glenn of um, Right to Revenue, he even went more in depth and he said for the messaging outreach, here's cold email one, or here's the, the retargeting or the, the warm up targeting. And then here's cold email one, here's cold email two, here's a phone call, here's a LinkedIn connection request, here's this, and just ordering that out. And then once they've engaged, then they go to kind of the demo process. And that's, I mean, if you're using intercom or some of these other tools at that point, because it's still kind of sales, but it's more kind of morphs into marketing automation as a whole. And then once they have the demo, then they sign up and they go through that process and onboarding, and then they go to upselling and customer success. So some of these can be pretty sophisticated, but once they start working and generating results, it's amazing. Gotcha. So this can really get pretty detailed in terms of how you're following up with people, how you're making your touches with them. Just making a, a detailed and pretty looking for the right world, but we're having a process like that that's very complex. Does that come from, you know, starting with something pretty, you know, a simple um, sequence and then kind of moving up from there? Or are you kind of taking, uh, okay, I know that this type of sequence worked in this type of industry. Let's try it in that one and then kind of just like laying that into a new campaign. How do you decide what to kind of do, what choices to make and how to follow up? So if it's a startup starting from scratch, you would have something simple and gradually modify that. If it's an existing business, but they have a problem and it depends on what their problem is. If they're not converting, if they're not getting a good open rate, if they're not uh, closing after a demo, whatever that problem is, that's what you would base it off of. And yeah, you would start with something bare bones or kind of a skeleton version of that. And then depending on what you're trying to help them with or what the goals are, you would have that. And if it's for existing businesses, for example, they already know that or to have some, they looked at their data and determined this is what you need to, this is what we send to new customers after they've signed up and things like that. But yes, to your point, yeah, most of it is going to be similar in some, in some way. And there's something else that's going to add to that point. Oh, the other thing is figuring out what needs to be automated because some of these, in some cases, it could be a manual process that they're having to do, or if it's something they're, they're missing, they're not noticing it. So that means, okay, we'll send you a Slack notification when this event happens, mm. things like that. And some people are unaware you can do that, or they don't like, they may not have the paid version of Slack. And so that some of it you have to educate them on, you know, this is an investment that you need to use. And to their point, if you're unfamiliar with these things, it can be almost intimidating if every solution and tool that you have is trying to to get you to buy if you're not fully aware. So some that comes down to education and through that, through me becoming an expert on these technologies, as you know, I, I'll review them and post them on my blog. And I've kind of unwittingly become a sales technology influencer, quote unquote, because that's depending on the connotation. Like if it's someone on Instagram or YouTube that kind of, kind of has a different connotation than business software, for example. So that's like 
But the benefit is when there's a new technology, they'll come to me. So I get to see things or me just browsing Product Hunt or AppSumo in some cases. That's how I find out a lot of new tools. In talking about new tools and uh, new technology, what types of tools or tech are you very interested in as we're kind of like entering 2019 here? We're about to hit the last quarter of the year. What do you see within the next kind of 12 to 24 months about what type of technology is really interesting and really giving, will give early adopters an edge in sales? Well, this does apply to sales, even, but on the inbound side, that's Facebook Messenger chatbots or chatbots in general, even if they're just web-based. And the reason for that is because they can get superior open rates to that of email. I view email, and this is even, um, I believe it's McKinsey and company that, that did the study that email is generally 40 times as powerful than Facebook and Twitter combined for the respective amount of volume. So if you compare Facebook Lite, to, which are basically meaningless, to an email list, the email list is going to outperform that nine times out of 10. So if email is the most powerful channel, and then you have something getting better open rates, so let's say you get 30% open rate, or 15 to 30, some, I've gotten more than 50. I've, some people have gotten amazing open rates with email. Even on top of that, if you can get a 90% open rate for a Facebook Messenger broadcast, that's amazing because it's basically like a car wash where you drive up, they spray you, and then they they use this soap or they use this wax, and it, you're being guided along. And that's kind of the way the way I view a chatbot is that it's conversational, which humans will respond to better than filling out a form, for example. And you also get access to Facebook's data, so you know their name, you know some information about it. And you can also use rich media like you can in email and still get the instantaneous response of SMS. Now, for B2B, there are some use cases for it. Uh, You just have to be creative. It depends on what you're doing with social media in general. And it also depends on what content and what the goals of, of the bot would be. If it's to schedule an appointment, it could be quite useful because there's various integrations with, let's say, Calendly that you can use to get that. Okay, it's in Calendly. And then you have a Zapier trigger for when that happens, it goes into the CRM or they get a Slack notification. So that's one of the most powerful tools that I'm seeing. And the other reason is that it's essentially, chatbots are essentially a blue ocean. Whereas other tools and technologies or, or even channels, let's say SEO, that's kind of a, a lot of niches are going to become saturated or mm. Facebook ads, for example. So the cost is gradually rising. So it's hard to get an edge. So if it's a blue ocean, that means you can get, as an early adopter, you can take advantage of that and let, reach the benefits before the cost, gradually, and the cost gradually rises for everything. One advantage of, of cold email is the cost is only dependent upon the service that you're using to send them out or on the data. So let's assume someone is in D2B and you know they're very interested in chatbots, but they're not a developer, they're not familiar with how they would go about setting up a chatbot campaign. Putting the technology aside for a second, um, just putting aside what exact tool, a brand of tool that someone would use, setting up a campaign, what would that look like? How could someone say, okay, I want to set B2B appointments? How can somebody do that in Facebook or on another platform with chatbots? How can they get started doing that if they wanted to test things out? 
what would that use case look like? So they would map out what a normal conversation would look like with prospects based on their experience and based on kind of their pipeline and what those steps look like. For Facebook Messenger specifically, there's several platforms. There's ManyChat, there's ChatFuel, there's MobileMonkey that you can use with that. And you build out your bot basically as you ask them, hi, uh, Morgan, how can I help you? Um, I want to learn more about such and such product. And so you have the interface isn't that complicated and they have it so that non-developers can program it and they have a basically a drag and drop tool where you can just drag this line to this box and it goes through that process. One thing to keep in mind specific for that platform, and a lot of it is useful for B2C as well. And this, mm. this is where this, that's kind of what it's framed around. But since in B2B, you're still selling to humans. So it's basically you're walking a user through instead of it being a physical product or like e-commerce or something, it's for a business solution. So that's really the only difference. But specific to Facebook Messenger, there's, there's something known as the 24 plus one rule. And what that means is within 24 hours after a user has used your bot, you can send as much messages as you can, not that you would want to. After that, you only get one promotional broadcast or message uh, that you can send out. And if they don't engage with that, you have to find another way, probably sponsored messages or some other way to get them to re-engage with the bot. So what that means is you have to strike while the iron is hot. And you can actually collect emails and phone numbers from Facebook Messenger using the quick reply functionality, where instead of them typing their email, they just press a button that's already associated with their account. So what that also means is that you have to find ways to be indirect to use their subscription messaging. And it's mainly around updates that you can send out these messages. And if they engage with that, then the 24 plus one starts over. So you get a plus one promotional message. Facebook just doesn't want people spamming their users because then that ruins the platform for everyone. And they kind of don't want people sending stuff for free necessarily, although you can usually get the cost to get a subscriber can be uh, quite low right now. Mm. So are you getting, are you using Facebook ads to get them to your bot? How are you getting them to engage with your bot in the first place? What does that kind of look like? Yeah, so they can organically, like you go to a Facebook page and press send message, then it'll have a get started button and that's probably the first way. Facebook ads is another. And you can also have a web plugin. They'll take them to Messenger. So those are three basic ways. And then within that, there's various kind of things you can do. So you can have, when they comment on a Facebook post, either just any comment or a specific keyword. And as long as you say in the post, hey, comment aloha below and we'll send you a message. That's one way and that's quite effective. Um, mm. Another way is you can create a, you can have a Facebook Messenger code, kind of like a QR code that they scan with the Messenger app. And that can take them to a specific sequence. So if you're at an event and you have that, so people can take their phone out and scan, you get a subscriber right then and there, which can be useful. Link, LinkedIn also has QR codes, but LinkedIn doesn't have and this is something I hope they have is they I hope they allow for bots and some form of automation because right now they're kind of cracking down on automation. And so some people using certain tools like DuckSoup or LinkedIn Helper, they're kind of cracking down. And I, I haven't really done too much of that simply because I don't want to have to deal with having to circumvent any terms of service or rules in some cases uh, because it wouldn't be worth the risk of losing that in some cases. I, I use LinkedIn mainly as a way to research and prospect. And some basically, once you have their LinkedIn profile URL or the company domain name, you can usually get their email. Until there's problems with email, um, 
So it's not necessarily a need. Now, organically or manually, some people have had quite a bit of success with LinkedIn messaging or even for content marketing as a whole. That's kind of taking off in some respects because I hope it only gets better. But the other thing is that LinkedIn is mostly about the individual profiles and not the company pages, which is kind of the reverse of ads. So they'll have to add a way where you can run LinkedIn ads from your personal profile. Uh, I think that's the most important step to have uh, for for, for them to do next. You mentioned content on LinkedIn. So you're seeing a lot of activity in LinkedIn algorithm for for content distribution. I know you touched on that briefly. Can you explain that real quick? Yes. LinkedIn came out with native video about a year ago. And to be honest, I didn't take as much advantage. I made that posted one video at the beginning and I just didn't have my uh, workflow for video figured out at that time, but that's really exploded. Viral LinkedIn posts have taken off and then groups used to be good. They kind of went dead, but they're being, they're going to be revived. And if if group LinkedIn group posts can go back into the newsfeed, I think that'll be amazing because those are targeting like a digital marketing group that's going to be marketing folks in that group of 500,000. So it's a very good way to reach that particular audience, or at least I hope so. The algorithm is kind of, from what I hear, they've kind of started to restrict certain people's reaches, although then you have the, I'm not going to say, say anyone's name in a negative way, but you have people that you'll see constantly in there. So there are ways to do it. And, and really, it's just a matter of building your network as a whole, making sure and finding ways to engage with them. Because from what I read, only 3% would be ready to buy now. The rest, or the 97, you have to nurture with educational content. Yep. Let's shift gears here. I want to hear about you know this project, Automated AF, and kind of what, what that's about. Yeah, so that's started by Alex Glenn of Right to Revenue. He, he's a fellow growth marketer in Chicago, and uh, he's a big marketing automation expert. I just connected with him uh, a few months ago, and it's, it's been amazing. But So he just launched that, and it's basically going to be a marketplace. Or actually, it is live right now. I need to get my sales stack on there. But it's a marketplace of various of turnkey marketing and sales automation solutions. So in my case, it, a lot of it would be the sales stack and some of what I talked about earlier, and then chatbots would be another thing. And then also what I talk about, the kind of the CRM updates and management for some of these really complex uh, solutions, it can be quite effective. So we'll see where this goes, but now it's, it's live right now. And you know you can, you can request a custom one. And this is mainly for people that aren't necessarily experts or they, they need a solution, but they don't know everything or they don't know what's possible. That's great to get something uh, custom tailored for them. What types of things can people purchase on there? So right now, it's, it's a lot of it's going to be B2B. I'm looking at their website right now. I need to find where it has the list of them. So let me let me see if that. If you want to integrate, let's say you're using Agile CRM and WordPress, and you want to find a way to link those together. So to me, that's pretty straightforward. But to other people, they may really need that. And some of it could probably be Zapier recipes uh, that have been tested out that may string together, let's say, Slack with your CRM. To us, it probably seems basic, but to other people, they may not know about it or may not have the time to really figure it out. Mm. So this is for someone, and this this, um, basically will tell you how to set that up, right? So it's kind of like the blueprint that it'll walk you through how to 
set up a sort of campaign or automation sequence. Correct. Essentially, you're buying a consultation to help you get things set up. That's super valuable because, I mean, first off, if you don't know what you're doing with automation, it can drive you insane trying to figure it out. And hiring someone to do it, it's obviously, I mean, you can find, you know, someone like yourself, Nolan, to help. But um, if you want something off the shelf, something simple, or um, it looks like there's also kind of custom automations on here, people can go to automated.af and just browse and grab something um, pretty quickly. So it looks like a pretty useful website, a pretty useful marketplace. Yes. What's on there right now is so they have a full intercom setup so that, you know, if someone signs up, but they don't log in within three days, they get a message, things like that. Feedback loop automation, segmentation using Clearbit and Integromat. So there's a lot of good stuff on there already, and we we hope to uh, expand that out. We kind of have a mastermind group where we kind of consult with each other. Let's say if I want to know how to set up Intercom, that's where I can go uh, and do that. We have a community of other marketing automation and and sales experts in there. Awesome. Awesome. I know we're running uh, short on time, Nolan. So where can people find out more about you and get in touch with you to ask questions or possibly talk to you about about working with you? My website is clemens.io. My email is nolan at N-O-L-A-N at Clemens.io, and it's Clemens is spelled C-L-E-M-M-O-N-S. So those are the easiest ways. I do have a bot for my Facebook page. I also have a group called Growth Architects on Facebook where I share a lot of my tactics and strategies and others as well in there on Facebook. So those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks very much, Nolan, for joining us today. We really appreciate the insight and value you provided. You bet, Morgan. It was my pleasure. Awesome. Thanks. See ya. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.